Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very first episode of Simply Shipped, an E2Log podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for joining us on the first episode of our show as we lay down some technologies, some strategies, and actionable critiques, as well as action plans of the global economy's shipping paradigms and supply chain networks. We've got a lot to dig into today and a lot to sort of frame up as we begin a season's worth of important conversations for our industry. Before we get into more insights and a little more context as to why we're pitching the show, I want to make sure that you've got all the E2Log content you need to understand what we do, maybe get in touch, um, but also just stay up to date on future episodes. So make sure you're heading to our website, e2log.com. That's E, the number two, log.com. There you'll find more pieces of content, including future episodes of the podcast, articles, videos, blogs, you name it. You can also find other episodes of Simply Shipped on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of future conversations plus notifications when we drop new episodes. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. So for the uninitiated, if this is the first time you've heard of E2Log and the first time tapping into Simply Shipped, I want to make sure that you understand what E2Log does and our role in the industry. So here's a quick elevator pitch. E2Log is a cloud-based logistics orchestration platform that digitizes the interface between the shippers of cargo and their logistics service providers, such as freight forwarders or customs brokers, even truckers, et cetera, et cetera. And this unique operating platform enables end-to-end -end order lifecycle management, uh, and this is for international as well as domestic shipments via all modes of transportation for all types of cargo. So E2Log is really trying to deliver on a supply chain solution that creates oversight and does it for all types of shipments and can stay flexible and lean operating domestically and internationally. And we're excited to be launching this podcast as we maneuver our current supply chain realities because if the last two years uh, taught us anything, it's that gaps in supply chain visibility will cost you. They'll cost you specifically. They'll cost your partners and your customers. And, uh, you know, margins are tight as they are already. So we thought there's no better time for E2Log to build a platform to foster some conversations fill those gaps, re-empower the shipper to take control of their logistics, and map out, like we said, some action plans for success for our industry and all those who rely on the global supply chain. Because supply chain isn't just those dealing with logistics. It's everyone in between and all the way down to the consumer picking up their product off the shelf. So with our first conversation, we want to analyze E2Log's business decisions and strategies for the market so that you know a better picture for how we see our competitive edge. But we also want to link some strate uh, excuse me, strategic decision-making with success for our logistics clients and just kind of lay out the vision and history of the company so you fully understand the perspectives we're trying to offer and frame up on this show. So let's go ahead and dig in. I'm pleased to welcome our two guests today who are going to lay the foundation for our show and give us those insights into the company. First up, I want to introduce Mr. John Donnelly III. He's co-founder and CRO over at E2Log. John Donnelly, how you doing? Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. We're looking forward to the series and uh, providing our listeners with a really good insight into what E2Log is doing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you tapping in here today and giving us your time. We're also joined by Adolf Kalako. He's founder and CEO of E2Log. Adolf, great to have you on as well. How are you? 
Doing well, Daniel. Thank you and excited to be here on this podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure getting to source both of y'all's C-suite insights today. Uh, there's no better group of people to give us the perspective on the company and peek under the hood into your methodologies and how you see yourselves playing a role in the industry. So let's jump in. I want to start with intros and backgrounds just so our audience understands the perspectives that both of you are bringing to the podcast. Also, how that informs today's topic and uh, how that's going to help guide the conversations for future episodes. So give us that breakdown. Uh, you know, what are y'all's backgrounds in the industry? Any supply chain experience or projects that you want to highlight uh, that you think really connect with today's perspectives? John, we'll start with you. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, and welcome to our listeners again. I, I'm just really excited to be here and helping to drive the company's go-to-market operations as it relates to you know, sales and marketing and customer success. And one of the interesting things we'll talk about today is the importance of delighting our customers uh, in everything we do. So I'm excited to help uh, scale the operation. The company's had tremendous success so far. I joined the business just late last year, but excited to grow the business and scale the company uh, as we continue to uh, go after the international supply chain market. And excited to be working here with, uh, with Adolph and, uh, and our other co-founder. So, Daniel, my background is, is supply chain, spent about 30 years in the business, uh, worked on different sides of the supply chain. And as you know, uh, supply chains are very complex and multidimensional. Uh, I spent a significant chunk of my career working on the regulator side, actually working for customs and airports and seaports, and then transitioned onto the service provider side, working for freight forwarders, custom brokers, and ocean carriers. That was literally half of my career. The other half was working for actual cargo owners and shippers in mid-sized to large global companies, running their supply chains, running their global logistics programs, trade compliance programs. And I've been very fortunate to live and work in four very different regions of the world and been exposed firsthand to the complexities of supply chain and logistics in about 75 countries around the world. 75 countries. Wow. I mean, uh, when we talk about worldwide experience, you're definitely the man with the plan here. So I appreciate you uh, bringing those insights to the podcast today. And I'm glad that we have that breadth of knowledge to pull from. So based on that experience from both of you combined here, what have you seen in the industry technology wise that works and doesn't work uh, when it comes to trying to fill gaps in uh, supply chain oversight and put some power back in the shippers hands so they feel like they have more control over their logistics right again what tech is working out there what tech isn't working and what seems to be the defining factor of success here sure first i think let's talk about the tech that has not worked uh, before we look at what is now beginning to work historically the logistics industry has lacked good technology and the only technology that has been out there has been in the form of uh, ERP-driven uh, transportation management solutions, which uh, really tend to be extremely rigid historically. And systems which are uh, very rigid in terms of their construct and very regimental in their usage, wherein you don't deliver a great user experience, has not worked. That's just been the history of the industry. But on the other side of it, when you look at it, a lot of companies have just not had any technology at all. And usage of email, spreadsheets, and phone calls is not the right kind of technology either. So today, when we look at the kinds of technologies which is getting the attention of the industry, is technology which is extremely user-friendly. Uh, there is the consumer base, which has a voracious appetite for a B2C kind of experience. And simplicity. These are some of the core functions that we are seeing for the most modern and the best technologies out there today, which is beginning to show results. 
So then for those technologies that are working, uh, Adolf, uh, can you give us a little bit more insight into what it actually is about the, uh, you know, the interactive nature of the solutions, how they integrate with certain systems, uh, some of the operational workflows that they empower that makes them successful? Sure. There are a few different components to this, Daniel. One is, you know, people are looking for systems which are in technologies which are integrated with existing systems that they use. That's number one. And number two is that today the consumer is actually exposed to technologies in their day-to-day -day lives. All of us are using Uber and Amazon for shopping or Google Maps and Expedias and TripAdvisors of the world, right? So the kind of interaction with technology has changed very dramatically. And what we find is that whilst these are technologies which are more on the personal front exposed to individuals, they're looking for these technologies to be brought into the workplace. And those companies which are able to deliver that kind of a user experience in a B2B world using B2C technologies are the ones which we are finding are getting the most momentum and, and traction. So how would you link uh, that successful technology to what your company is doing and its business decisions, its strategies, and its technology investments? And then how do you see that linking back to your clients' needs? And I guess maybe more specifically, how do you build out that ethos of success for your solutions to match your clients' needs and their need for success as well? So when we actually started out on our journey, the approach that we took with developing the technology was very simple. We said, number one, let's make sure that whatever technology we put out there, we are solving a problem. Because what users do not want to have is get burdened and saddled with technology which is onerous to use and is not really solving the day-to-day -day problems. The second thing which we embarked on doing was make sure that we solve the problem in a very user-friendly way, wherein it doesn't require days and weeks and months of training and familiarity with the system before somebody can actually be able to go and successfully execute transactions using that technology. It's like if you look at today some of the best technologies out there, you don't need any training for it, right? You're able to just go on there, log in, register yourself, and the technology is sufficiently intuitive where you know what you need to do to be able to execute your transactions. So we took that kind of a strategy and an approach with the technology we built. And the other piece which we have been very focused on is actually taking the transactions to be mobile enabled so that users can actually uh, execute parts of their transactions, the critical ones on the mobile phone, delivering a very, very different user experience. So it's an amalgamation of these kinds of concepts that we've been very focused on to actually solve the problems that the industry has been facing for the longest time. All right. I want to expand the scope here slightly and um, start to hear a little bit more about how this informs E2 Log's history as a company. Uh, so I'd love to hear from both of you on this one, but uh, what motivated the start of E2 Log with all of uh, those uh, useful technology solutions as context and those client needs as context as well? What gave you the idea initially? So I used to work with you know, very large uh, corporations which were involved in the movement of goods around the world to support their operations. And uh, these are companies which worked in 60, 70, 80 countries around the world, had very large teams, and were dependent of, on large groups of logistics providers in different parts of the world. And the constant challenge that we faced to run these kinds of complex supply chains was the fact that there was no technology to weave it all together. You worked with different logistics providers. Each one had their system or platform that you needed to use. You had uh, 
smaller logistics providers who just did not have technology, you know, the local custom brokers, truckers in so many parts of the world, the only assets they really have are their trucks and maybe one computer in the office at best. But all of these spectrum of high and low tech logistics providers are all involved in moving goods and keeping supply chains running. And I used to find this extremely frustrating because as we were running these complex supply chains, we had these black holes of information because it was being carried, the cargo was being carried by a particular company, you had visibility and then it dropped off the face of the earth and showed up you know, 20 days later somewhere else in its life cycle, but the, the, these voids of information. So really what I decided to do is go ahead and solve the problem that I faced for the longest time by using technology as the enabler. And really the tipping point for me in this journey was uh, in 2017, uh, when I was working in the Middle East, we had a project to mobilize three land rigs into Algeria, which is one of the toughest jurisdictions in the world to be able to move cargo into and get through customs. And these rigs were being moved out of Bangladesh, Romania, and the UAE. So it was just a monstrous complexity of a logistics operation. I reached out to some of the largest logistics providers in the world uh, for them to provide the solutions for it. And whilst they all had fantastic capabilities and infrastructure to be able to move the equipment, the technology was just not there to weave it all together. And that's what was the trigger point for me to go and actually launch E2Log. One of the other interesting points I want to add to this is that when, when, when you look at the industry and what some of the folks uh, from industry perspective were talking about, like Gartner Group and others, uh, there are very, very few technologies out there that solve the problem we solve from, from an international perspective. And certainly, as it all said, very few products or very, very few software as a service products out there that do it so simply. We joke about, you know, this podcast is named Simply Shift. Well, the product itself is very simple to use and easy to use. And most of the customers that I've spoken to since joining the business are really delighted in the fact that they can get up and running and have immediate impact over a 90-day period very quickly, which is very unusual for, for any types of platforms that are out there. So when you think about you know, the various TMS systems and visibility systems that have been on the market for the last few years, they do not deliver on that kind of initial customer impact, nor do they have the interface or the usability that uh, E2Log has and offers to our customers. And that's what's really exciting because essentially what we're trying to do is change how people work today. As Adolf mentioned, most people were doing things manually or using very old, rigorous systems that were hard to understand. We come in and provide a very simple way to get a handle on a very large problem that everybody's dealing with really quickly, which is really, really important in terms of, again, immediate impact to uh, the customer's buying experience from, from each lot. So we've kind of laid out the major challenges that your clients are facing. But if you had to pinpoint, let's say, the top three, right, in practice, in a, uh, I guess, most granular fashion, what would you say are those key supply chain issues that the company is aiming to solve or is now kind of priding itself in being able to solve? And how do you see those intersecting with the state of the market and some of the market motivators and big picture trends shaping how um, freight and goods move uh, from country to country? So one of the most important problems that we are looking to solve is actually bringing the complete transaction end to end for the movement of goods from the time it is ready to be picked up from a vendor supplier on one side of the world to it being delivered to its final destination onto one single platform. Now this may sound very trivial, but in the world of supply chain, the ability to weave this transaction end to end across every geography, across every logistics provider, across every mode of transportation and every type of cargo does not exist. 
And that's one of the biggest contributing factors towards the supply chain crisis that the world is facing today, is that that entire pipeline is not in one place and you don't have that end-to-end visibility. There tends to be these fragments of visibility that you have, but there's no way to weave it all together. So that's one of the most important problems that we're looking to solve. The other part of what we are really after is driving autonomous logistics. Today, around the world, there are tens of thousands of people doing logistics jobs who are actually grinding through stuff because of the lack of tools at their disposal to be able to run this more efficiently. And we are actually putting those tools into the palm of their hands across the spectrum, right? Because let's say if you are the owner of cargo and you're looking to move your freight around the world, having tools at your fingertips in itself is not sufficient because the logistics providers who are supporting you on the other side also need to have those tools at their disposal to be able to drive an efficient supply chain. So that's another very unique aspect of what we're doing, Daniel, is we're putting those tools into the palm of the hands of all the participants in a transaction. And that's really, really important. But the next piece, which is evolving, and you know, uh, the concept of a digital ecosystem is still uh, in its nascency around the world, but the future is gonna be digital ecosystems wherein it's going to be about the sharing of data, uh, the visibility of what's happening across supply chains, wherein participants in an ecosystem can see what's happening across supply chains on a particular trade lane within the region, et cetera. And we actually enable that because E2Log has been built on a foundation of an ecosystem so that the companies that are transacting on the platform and within the ecosystem, whether they are the owners of cargoes, whether they are the logistics providers, they have access to anonymized and aggregated data, and they're able to see the trends of what's happening whilst con- continuously retain, retaining the confidentiality of each shipper and each transaction. But the concept of ecosystems is what we bring in. So these are very transformational aspects in terms of what we bring to the table for the supply chain world today. And when you look at the crisis that has been the center of discussion for a long time. It actually evolves and revolves around most of these issues. Let's ground uh, those solutions then, as well as those challenges into maybe some specific customer examples. Uh, if you have you know, specific companies that you've already worked with that you can name drop, feel free. But if you need to keep it slightly vague, that's totally fine too. You just walk us through a more grounded example of your solution at work, how it intersects with a specific problem and the net impact of uh, E2Log's logistics oversight at work. So one of our customers is one of the largest electrical equipment manufacturing companies in the world. And they have multiple manufacturing sites uh, distributed across different regions. Uh, They are constantly picking up product from these manufacturing sites. But at the same time, they have a healthy mix of direct vendor sourcing, wherein they're picking up product which is manufactured uh, to spec from these vendors. And they're then consolidating that equipment and needing to move it to different distribution hubs around the world and eventually get distributed to their end customers. So prior to E2Log, uh, the way this this was all run was manual. They were just using emails and spreadsheets to run uh, businesses. And they had their teams distributed in different regions around the world. So what happened was there was no single way for the production, planning, and salespeople to be able to plan their business. And the supply chain was constantly reacting to to the situation. 
So there was no transparency across the supply chain. There was lack of visibility. There was lack of control. And there's a very reactionary supply chain, which was very, very manual. So E2Log was brought in. Within a period of four weeks, we were able to deploy our technology. And the, the results were phenomenal. Uh, they saw up to 70%, 70% improvement in process efficiency simply by bringing all participants on a transaction onto a single platform, which just did not exist prior to that. They had the ability now to work with a multitude of logistics providers with a high degree of transparency and efficiency. They were able to cherry pick services which were best suited to meet the needs of production, planning, operations, and sales. They had better transparency and visibility of their supply chain. They were able to bring down their logistics costs by a little over 20%, which is a very dramatic reduction. And this actually went straight to the bottom line. And when we had one of our QBRs with the CEO, he actually said something very fascinating to, to Mark, our CTO, and myself. And he said, guys, you've actually given me visibility of my own company, which I have not had up to this point in time. And the data, the way it was manifested, and it told the story about how their supply chain was being run, where the bottlenecks were, where the efficiencies were being achieved, the kind of transparency that it brought into their business was absolutely game-changing. So that's a great example, I think, of where we've made an impact uh, across 35 countries is where the customer was moving cargo between. That 20% is, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like, oh, okay, yeah, 20%. But I mean, yeah, you're right. That is a substantial um, you know, increase in revenue in being able to apply those resources elsewhere, especially when you're dealing with the scale that your clients are dealing with, right? Uh, a 20% uh, you know, increase in efficiency or reduction in costs, like that can be magnitudes of, uh, you know, um, levels of investment into uh, new solutions, more employees, elevating, uh, you know, um, potential reach or uh, relationships with partners, and that can create massive domino effects. So it's, it's pretty incredible to hear that that's the sort of impact that your solution is having. So I'm, I'm curious then, um, you know, naturally, this has to coexist with other investments that clients like yours, especially at the scale that they operate, have already made. Um, E2Log serves a critical purpose, but it doesn't sound like the goal is to completely replace every other logistics system. So I'm curious, uh, you know, how would you compare E2Log and your solutions uh, with EMS, with ERP systems, and what's your approach to being a one-stop shop versus working alongside and in synergy, in tandem with these other systems? So there are a few different questions there. So let's just break it down, right? So let's look at the the systems in play today. So most often you hear about ERP, transportation management systems, or you hear about standalone transportation management systems. Let's talk about standalone transportation management systems too. These are predominantly focused on, on road transportation to a large extent. So you find that uh, transportation management systems of this type are well-suited for pure domestic transportation or maybe a certain degree of cross-border trucking. And they work extremely well when there's a repetitive large volume flow on a certain route, a certain lane with a subset of logistics providers. They're very well suited for that. And North America has seen and had uh, such standalone transportation management systems for a long time. When you look at the ERP-related transportation management systems, they actually have more capability on the international side. 
But one of the challenges when you look at some of these systems are that they're, they're well suited for high volume, limited lane, few logistics providers with high tech capabilities. That's where it's, it's ideally suited. But when you look at the supply chain of any large company around the world, you will find that they have high volume lanes and then they have you know, medium to low volume lanes. They will have large global logistics providers with high tech capabilities, and they'll have a big chunk of, of medium to low tech logistics service providers. And you'll find typically that the moment their medium to lower tech logistics providers come into the mix, uh, it drops off uh, you know, the planet in terms of being able to manage the freight and track everything. So this is where E2Log comes in and we are different because we built our technology in such a way that it allows the same degree of, of integration, visibility, and usage across the tech capabilities of the logistics providers. So you could have, let's say, a boutique custom broker working in a country like, say, Indonesia, or you may have a road transporter working, let's say, in Nigeria. And if they do not have high tech capabilities, that is not a deficiency in terms of offering that visibility and control to the supply chain, because we put through our mobile app and tools into their hand, which allow them to actually execute transactions on one single platform. So we've created this one single platform, which allows all logistics providers across every region around the world, whether they are involved with large international moves or domestic moves, any types of cargo, everything is bought onto a single platform. And that's a huge, huge game changer in terms of how this has been done up to this point in time. All right. I appreciate all that context. Thank you so much for grounding those insights and um, connecting the dots a little bit more for us on the ecosystem that E2Log Solution is going to live in. Let's talk more about your business strategies now. What is the company's go-to-market strategy at a high level and in practice? And how does this reflect the needs of your clients? How do you um, unify those or center the client's uh, day-to-day and you know, today challenges with how you take your solutions and updates to your solutions to market? Sure, I'll take that, Daniel. Thank you. I think ultimately... As we build the go-to-market operation, as I mentioned earlier, it's all about uh, you know acquire, acquiring new customers that uh, that have a happy and positive experience with E2Log. And so, when we think about going building our go-to-market strategy around marketing and sales and customer success, it's all about finding projects and use cases where we think the technology is a really good fit. Because as a software company in the space that's, that's relatively competitive, the worst thing you can do is, is sell your product to a customer that's not happy with it or doesn't have a good experience with it, right? So we're very, very selective in terms of the types of customers we're going after. We built a very defined ideal customer profile around the right types of personas within large accounts across multiple industries. So when you think about industries we go after today, it includes you know pharmaceuticals, medical devices, electrical equipment, chemicals, oil and gas, drilling companies, et cetera, as well as e-commerce companies. So we're really trying to find very similar use cases within those types of industries where the technology is a good fit, given our past history with customers and where we're headed from a development perspective that you'll hear further about in other additional podcasts down the road. But the idea is to really make sure that we hone in on the use cases where we know we can have success, as I said, and where we believe we can get to a place where the customers are referenceable and having a positive uh, customer experience with E2Log. That being said, the, norm, the normal go-to-market operation includes you know, direct selling efforts. It includes working with 
large international partners that are dealing with large supply chain projects. It deals with EPC companies across the globe that are doing large engineering and procurement uh, projects with large corporations. Um, and it also uh, includes, as I said earlier, e-commerce companies as well that uh, enable us to help the e-commerce supply chain move faster and faster. So we built that direct, direct approach, the indirect approach. And as we think about customers, once they come on board the platform, we have a, we have a global 24-7 customer support control tower set up, as well as account management for, for customer success, ongoing you know, monthly, quarterly business reviews, and making sure that our product roadmap and engineering department stays very close to our customers' needs and requirements. And, and again, we're trying to build technology that obviously is usable by customers, but take a lot of uh, customer feedback to ensure that our go-to-market strategy is truly building a platform that is usable and sustainable uh, long-term for the marketplace, as, uh, as Adolf mentioned. And frankly, from an ecosystem perspective, when we think about go-to-market, we want to play well with others in the ecosystem. So certainly if people require you know, additional integrations to existing systems that could be large ERP systems from SAP or Oracle or others, we're certainly already doing that with existing customers and are certainly wide open to integrate with other systems that might be in place to, again, continue to delight our customers and make sure that their experience when they bring you to like into their environment is positive as it becomes more part of their workflow. So our go-to-market strategy obviously is very, is very, very solid. We will we'll continue to evolve that. And people should look very soon for um, our new website. We'll be coming, coming up over the next couple of months as well as uh, quite a bit of additional content and thought leadership to help uh, the buyers really truly understand what they're, what they're going to see from Utilog. Exciting stuff. That means more episodes of the podcast, which Indeed. is always a fun Indeed. time. So that's right. Looking forward to seeing all of those updates. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, look to the future here as we begin to close the conversation. Uh, what's on the horizon for how E2Log is investing in its scalability? As you continue to bring on these multinational clients, folks that have touch points in uh, dozens of countries and are leading um, companies in their space, what challenges are you having to overcome to meet that potential scale? What are your strategies for uh, building out some scale moving forward? So we've been paying a lot of attention to what customers are saying they need and what their expectations from technology are. And the two areas that we are heavily focused on and making our largest investments on, uh, one is autonomous logistics. That's an absolute goal that we are focused on. And we believe there's a tremendous amount of value that comes from that. So from a technology standpoint, we're making some of our heaviest investments over there. The other piece which we are seeing is that the future of supply chains is going to be composable. So the more composable a supply chain is, the better position a company is to deal with evolving demand, changing market circumstances, and it allows supply chains to become more nimble-footed. So a lot of how our system has been architectured and we're continuing to evolve and develop this is to make uh, customers have the ability to compose their supply chain based on the evolving business needs. So these are two of the most focused areas that we are making our heaviest investments on. So one other interesting point I wanted to bring up is the fact that we, we need to log are working very closely with Gartner Group and the supply chain industry in general to ensure that we continue to build technology that, that again, is very, very satisfactory for the supply chain space. And we'll be working very closely with the analyst community as they continue to hear from customers about what they're looking for in terms of requirements for future projects. So we're excited about that. And we will be down the road at the supply chain conference in June with Gartner Group down there with a roundtable of customers and prospects, et cetera. So we look forward to that. 
and look forward to uh, working with many, many Gartner supply chain customers over the future here. Thank you. Fantastic stuff. The future is bright for E2 Log, whether it's more content from the podcast or whether it's more scale and more investments into your technologies and solutions to support your clients and meet the current supply chain woes of the era. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to. So I'm very excited for future episodes. And thank you so much to the two of you for setting the bar so high on quality insights and connecting the dots on uh, E2 Logs vision as a company, uh, your solutions, their role in the industry. And again, how that all connects to the bigger trends and bigger needs the industry and your clients are facing today. So thank you again to the two of you. Again, folks, we've been chatting with John Donnelly, the third co-founder and CRO at E2Log, and Adolf Kalako, founder and CEO at E2Log. Thanks to the two of you. And folks, if um, our audience wants to find out a little bit more about E2Log, they want to maybe get in touch, follow along for future episodes, how can they do so, right? Where can we point them to? Sure. I think you talked at the beginning about our website, e2log.com. That's e2log.com. Or you can hit me up at jd3 at e2log.com as well. I'm happy to put you in touch with the right folks in marketing or sales or customer success, depending on the questions you have. But uh, that's the way to get in touch. So thanks. Easy enough. Got to love it. All right, team. Thank you again to the two of you. It's really been a pleasure today. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the very first episode of Simply Shipped. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and get a better sense for the perspective that E2Log is going to be bringing to this show, how they fit into their industry. Hopefully, you're hungry for some more quality logistics industry insight. If you want future episodes, maybe you want to give this one a re-listen, or you just want to familiarize yourself a little better with E2Log as a company, make sure you're heading to our website, e2log.com. And make sure that you're subscribing to Simply Shipped on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Simply Shipped.